0: This is Anastasia. And this is Lauren. You're listening to Wait to Panic, a podcast where two friends take turns trying to scare one another shitless. And this week, it's Lauren's turn.
1: Oh, yeah, and we're continuing my series that I'm very excited about. So, if you were not here for my last episode, I am doing a I was going to say mini series, but it's not that many since it's every other week. <laughs> I am doing a series on the FBI's most wanted women, uh, of which there have been 10, but I could not find the 10th. So I am doing the nine that I have heard of, starting from the most recent back to the first. So we are on the second most recent, Shantae Henderson.
0: Okay. I'm Dad. excited. You. You made some very interesting comments last night, so I'm very <laughs> curious to
1: see where this is going. It's a weird story, but before we get into the story, um, what's your happy?
0: I am thrilled that we are almost at Inauguration Day, and it's so close.
1: A-freaking-men. Uh, it's a bit yes. of a cop-out happy, but I'm still happy about it. <laughs> I like, don't think it's a cop-out at this point. I feel like like it is a normal mental health sustaining focus point (laughs) yeah pretty much we need this (sighs) how about you well my happy is that we are recording this week so we get to hang out this is the only way that we're actually able to see each other during the pandemic so that's That's i mean it's part of why we started it and it's been super fun so that's my happy this week We get to hang out. And I'm still super happy that you
0: convinced me to stop being a chicken and to do this with you.
1: Woohoo! I'm pretty good at talking
0: people into doing things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a little bit.
1: It only takes a few years, but I sow the seeds for a long time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you did. Guys, she tried for like, what, two years? Something like that? (laughs) Something like that to to get this ball rolling and it took pandemic and us not getting to actually hang out in person to... uh, be like, ah, screw it. What's the worst that can happen? But it happened. I did, about and it. we are well on our way to hitting our three thousand listen
1: marker. So in exciting! Our first year. So exciting, and we've got like it's just it's fantastic looking at all the metrics and seeing like people from different countries and different cities, and getting comments on our social media, getting all of the jokes from Katie. We're super excited about it. Um, it's just a fun time. Katie's our
0: favorite. The rest of you've got to really step it up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Send us puns. Then you will be added to the favorites list. It's really a pretty simple uh, barrier to cross.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We love everything stupid and funny.
1: We do. Also dogs and cats. Dogs. And any animals, really. We're very simple people. (laughs) We are. (laughs) So uh, on on that note, do you want to hear a not-so-simple story? I am very curious about your story, so yes. Yes, okay. I do. So, it, I mean, it may be more simple. Like, it it was pretty difficult to research this one. Um, you would think, like, anyone that was on the FBI's most wanted list, there would be a ton of content, right? I would hope so. So, when I first started looking into this one, I started running into a wall of there was just very little to actually talk about. Um, luckily, okay. I am obsessive and i googled (laughs) for a million years and i finally found some interviews and more detailed information on the situation um so one of which was a interview specifically with shantae so that's i'm pretty excited about that um so we're going to start back at the beginning as i like to do we we know by now that i like to follow my timelines um and we'll get going Okay, so October 19th, 1982, Shantae Henderson was born to two school teachers in Jefferson City, Missouri. Uh, Unfortunately, her parents later divorced, and Shantae and her mom moved to St. Louis. So that lasted for about nine years. In 1993, Shantae's mom passed away from cancer, so Shantae moved back to Kansas City to live with her grandmother, Doretta, also called Miss Dottie, in their local neighborhood of Charlie Parker Square, which was, I, is a public housing development, um, also known as low-income housing. Okay. Very commonly potentially referred to as the project, but okay. everything I yep. found, I I felt like it was a nicer name than the project, so I was going with the nice names. Okay. So a little information about Miss Dottie Doretta. Uh, she was a community activist, in the 60s and 70s that fought for civil rights and welfare rights and one badass had a girl dotty yeah like amazing i love her uh two because of this she was extremely careful to make sure shantae knew like that there's a difference between acquaintances and friends so for example good teaching very good teaching um So, for example, on one of Shantae's first days of school as a small girl, she came home telling her grandma about all her new friends, and Doretta responded with, you ain't got no friends, which, little harsh, (laughs) little harsh, Miss Dottie, (laughs) but... Rip that band-aid off. (laughs) I I see where you're coming from. Uh, So, do you have any guesses as to why it would be important for Doretta to make sure that Shantae, like, knew the difference between an acquaintance and a friend?
0: I mean, thinking about being an activist, do you want to, I, I would imagine that your friends are the ones that you can trust with your secrets, especially in those kind of situations versus acquaintances might turn you in.
1: Yeah. It also. Depending on how
0: radical it goes.
1: Yeah. So, yes, but also, um, did you know that Kansas City has a lot of gang activity?
0: No. That's actually kind of surprising
1: to me. It was surprising for me as well.
0: (laughs) I think of Courage the
1: Cowardly Dog. Oh, no. (laughs) The farm with the windmill. Uh, So Kansas City is actually a bustling metropolis. Fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) I never said it made sense.
0: That's just what immediately popped (laughs) into my head when you said that.
1: <laughs> oh i loved that show though uh, uh okay so kansas does have some portions like the courage the Cowardly yeah. dog uh <laughs> vision uh but kansas city bustling metropolis has a lot of gang activity specifically in the area that Dottie was raising shantae okay. so really important to make sure that like you know especially in low-income housing are. areas like You need to know who your friends are, and you need to make sure that they're not affiliated with gangs. Otherwise, you very easily could get recruited. Yep, that makes sense then. Uh, Do you have any guesses on what ages gang recruitment usually occurs at?
0: Oh, I imagine it's pretty young.
1: It's crazy young. So it starts around 12, possibly earlier. The most common age is 15.
0: Okay, that's actually a little older than I thought, so...
1: Well, you start sowing the seeds early, but, like, actual yeah, joining true. is, 12, like, 12 to 15. Okay. Um, so, I while I was looking into this, I ran into, uh, back in 2019, it's, it's such an issue that the Kansas City Police Department actually started putting out a Parents' Guide to Gangs. Great. I know. Like, the, uh, it's kind of wild. So, like, I am sure that there are gangs in our areas but yeah it's it's been so outside my scope of experience in life that i just never would i've just welcome to me talking about my privilege it's never been a part (laughs) of my life um and i'm deeply appreciative of that thank you parents for being able to make that happen uh but just crazy like that's why my so i was homeschooled um Once we moved to Washington, and that's part of why my parents made that choice is that the high school and the elementary schools I would have been going to uh, had more gang activity. So, yeah, like I very much appreciate and more so understand why my parents went that route now. Um, Yeah. But it it was such an outside my scope that this entire all of my research for this story was very wild and eye opening for me. (laughs) I mean, I'll
0: say jokingly, the closest gang I was ever involved in was 4-H. But...
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. It's uh, something I could never describe as further from a gang. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, it's got the elements, but, like... A posse, maybe. <laughs>
1: not not the bad elements. 4-H and FFA. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> my goodness. Uh, okay, so with it, back to the... Uh, parent's guide to gangs uh within the guide um it basically was built to provide parents with answers and tips to like common questions about gangs um how to avoid your children joining gangs and basically just to enable the parents to recognize and prevent gang involvement gotcha So I'm going to walk through a little bit of that because I feel like other people that listen to us very potentially are uh, similar to me with the privileges and also have no idea how this would really happen. Yep, I agree. (laughs) Ditto over there, Anastasia. (laughs) Yep. Okay, so the first question was, like, why do youth join gangs? So I've seen uh, enough movies that, like, The first one I thought of is on the list, which is pressure to join by connections. Okay, that makes sense. Peer pressure. That one, logically, I can get there. Um, The next is pulled in to either earn money or gain status. Okay, I can also see that coming from a low-income area. You would want to try and gain, like, elevate your situation as much as possible. I see it. Um, Fear for your safety and the expectation that a gang would protect you okay, that is very outside my scope of understanding and I'm still having trouble processing that. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, I, I understand that from a like a fundamental level but not it, a experience level.
1: Yeah, like conceptually, I can wrap my head yeah. around it. Personally, I just want no. to go and hug all the small children and protect them from the world. Um, yep. And then the last one that is... A little worrying for me. Show family, neighborhood, or cultural pride. Oh. Which I found fascinating and terrifying. Like, I would not have imagined that a gang could be something that was a pride connection. Like, it it always is posed as, like, a bad thing um, in media, and that's really my only experience with it. So I was very surprised to see that it could be something that people are proud of, and it's a point of pride to be joining. Okay, so some of the consequences of joining a gang were also listed, Um, first being that if you're in a gang, you're more likely to commit crimes, which leads to an increased chance of arrest or incarceration. Makes sense. Yep. Uh, It also leads to you having a higher likelihood to be a victim of violence, and young girls especially have an increased risk of experiencing sexual violence or victimization. Sadly, does not surprise me. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the next is that you would not graduate high school, Mm -hmm. which also leads to less stable jobs and further involvement in the gang. And you end up looping through some of those issues and the final two, alcohol, drug, or other dependency problems with an increase in health issues later in life. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. That all makes sense, unfortunately. Yep. So the thing that I was most surprised about, um... I always, like, again, the way media portrays it, it's always like, you join this gang, you're here, ride or die, you must be in it forever. Apparently, gang membership can be very fluid, and it's very dependent on, like, friendship groups, um, who you're hanging out with at the moment, and it's normal to go in and out of different groups. So, this document was basically encouraging parents of youth, um, in a gang-intense area, To pay attention constantly for indicators like colors, symbols, and numbers, clothing and apparel, graffiti, social media, gang-influenced music or movies, sports items. Because apparently, like, letters, colors, and symbols for professional sports teams sometimes have specific gang meanings in local street gang culture, which I was fascinated by and surprised. Um, Tattoos, hand signs, and, like... A bunch of other behavioral changes that a non-gang influenced area might simply call like call being a teenager like one of them was an unusual desire for secrecy like come on what teenager (laughs) doesn't want some secrets like i seriously like that's just being a freaking teenager that that is a normal teenage response but because they're like mm. it's in a high probability area like That becomes a flag, which is wild.
0: But that actually makes me really think. I remember when I was in elementary school, um, there was a boy in my class. I think it was like fifth or sixth grade, which would put us almost in that age group. Mm -hmm. And he loved the color red, Mm. like down to his shoes and socks, like head to toe would wear red. And, like, they had to actually send a letter home with him and be like, he needs to wear other colors.
1: Oh, no. Because
0: otherwise he might get targeted. Or he was already involved Mm -hmm. and they didn't want that getting out. I don't know. But, yeah, I just remember he was so upset that they were making him wear something, some other colors. Like, he could still wear red. It just couldn't be top to bottom.
1: Yeah, it just couldn't be the only color.
0: Yeah. And that, I mean... I like to think that we live in a pretty quiet
1: area, but yeah, I mean it's huh. so we're in like the general Seattle area, and like I know for a fact that there's gang activity down in Kent, oh yeah, like yeah, and that's not that far from a that's like an hour, maybe, <laughs> like it's yeah. not that far, uh, so it's yeah, kinda kind of wild, huh, yeah, it, it brings it all a lot closer to home, doesn't it, yeah, definitely, and like I remember.
0: Like my mom was talking about it, and it was just kind of like a this little like weird hush hush thing around the school of
1: so and so is not allowed to wear as much red anymore. Mm. And hmm. I mean, that's Curious. probably part of what it was. Like it, it may not have been his motivation for wearing red, but yeah, it. But if you're around that, yeah, yeah, huh, yeah, interesting. Anywho, I have to open a link really quickly. Because I am now going to tell you about the gangs that are known in Kansas City, Missouri today around the same area. Okay. And also, just as like a fun fact, um, I don't know how many people maybe watch Fargo, but the fourth season of Fargo focused on Kansas City gang activity. Huh. So that's kind of interesting.
0: I I Is am not the show better than the movie.
1: I don't know. I, Rory watches it. It's not for me. I I don't do well with, like, really serious shows a lot of the time, unless it, like, has David Tennant in it, because I can watch Broadchurch forever, but yeah, I really am picky on what serious shows I watch.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: TV tends to be a let's bring something silly and joyful into my life moment for me. hmm Okay.
0: Which lately has been
1: Letterkenny for me. (laughs) I still need to watch that. Oh, Squirrely Dan. Okay. So going back on to the sad things, I am going to tell you this. So I have a handy map that I will include in the links that highlights the um, territory of each of the gangs. And if you click the area that's highlighted, it gives you the name, description, enemies, and allies of the known gangs in the area. So I'm going to Aww. quickly run through those, and we'll get through it. Okay, so that f- already makes me sad. It it should, um, and I'll. It's it's in such a small area that it's wild that there are this many. Okay, so there are the 12th Street Crips. Uh, it's one of the first gangs that was in Kansas City, founded in the late 80s. It runs most of everything below 20th Street and Main and sets on 9th Street, Twelfth Street, the traditional set apparently was Twelfth Street and Seventeenth Street. Its enemies are the thirties Trayside Bloods, Twenty Four Norton Bloods, and All Mexican gangs, because they are also divided, um like there are gangs that are divided by racial Ethnicity. Ethnicities, yes. Gotcha. Thank you. Um <laughs> it, so the Twelfth Street Crips allies are the fifty one gangsta Crips, four Trey Crips, both sides 5-block Crips, both sides, and Hilltop Gang, 6,800 Crips. Okay. Yep. So the 20s Hilltop Gang. um, There's not a lot known about this gang, but they are active and prospect Ave runs through the heart of their hood. Some members call themselves Crips. Their allies are the 51 Gangsta Crip, 12th Street Crips, and 6,800 Crips. Enemies are the 24th and Norton Bloods, 31st Street Bloods, and all other blood cells. 24th and Norton Bloods. Active Blood Hood in Kansas City. They're located on the east side of Prospect Ave between Indiana Ave and Van Brunt Boulevard, and they beef hard with the 12th Street Crips. Their allies are 30s Trayside Trace Bloods, and enemies are all Crip Hoods. 31st Street Bloods. This gang is part of the 30s Trace Side Bloods, but kind of do their own thing as their members claim 31st Street and not the 30s. They beef with all crips except the four trays because they both claim the tray gang, and they don't get along with hilltop gang. Note this is the most deadly area in the city. A lot of murders happen here. I'm literally reading this like word for word. <laughs> um, they're allies, uh, even though they are not really allies. They are cool with four trays crips, both sides because they both claim the tray gang. Thirty tray side blood, 6, bloods, sixty-eight hundred bloods. 57 rogue dogs, and all blood sets in the 50s. Okay. Okay. 30s Trayside Bloods. Yeah, you thought it was over, didn't you? <laughs> I,
0: I did. This is such a longer list than I was expecting.
1: It's really long. Uh, 30s Trayside Bloods. They have the largest size hood in Kansas City. They have sets on 32nd Street, 33rd Street, 36th Street, 37th Street, 39th Street. They have a long-heated rivalry with the 51 Gangsta Crips and all five Blood Crips. Allies are the Fortray Crips only because they claim the Trey Gang, 24 and Norton Bloods, 31st Street Bloods, 57 Rogue Dogs, and all other Bloods hoods. Enemies are all Crips except the Fortray Crips. Whew. So, west side Fortray Crips. Way less active than the east side, but still is claimed enough. Though they don't call themselves Crips, they're a part of the Fortray Crips. Allies, all gangs except the 24th and Norton Bloods. Enemies, 24th and Norton Bloods. Fortray Vineyard Gardens, small but well-known hood in Kansas City, though most people in the area claim the Fortray Crips. The Vineyard Gardens are apartment complex on the east side of the 40s east of Spruce Ave and are really a branched-off set of the Fortray Crips. Allies are all Crip gangs and enemies, none. So it gets really granular. Like, this one says it's down to basically an apartment complex. Like, holy goodness, it's wild how granular it gets.
0: Yeah. I find it interesting that they have no enemies, though.
1: Uh my guess is that's because they're only in an apartment complex and they're associated with the other crips, yeah, that could be fair, yeah, yeah. east side Fortray crips, the largest side of the four crips, and the only side that really reps Crip. They are tight with the vineyard gardens and for obvious reasons, allies all crip gang it, they're right next to each other, which is the obvious reason oh, okay um allies, all crip gangs, except the five blood crips, they get oh sorry, five block crips. They get along with the 30s Trayside Bloods. Enemies are 24 and Norton Bloods, 5-block block Crips, but are friendly towards 51 Gangster Crips. Whew. Getting closer. Eastside 51 Gangster Crip. The most active Crip Hood in Kansas City. They are completely blood killers, um, shortened down to BK. They hate all Bloods Hoods, especially Blood Hoods in the 30s, who have beefed with them for years they're cool with the Fortray crips and sport sky blue casey hats and are a part of the five ace juice that includes hilltop gang and 12th street crips so avoid sky blue hats period <laughs> and just don't go to this area just don't go there okay okay it's still not done <laughs> There's so many, Stasia. It was very eye-opening. uh West Side Five Block Crips, known for their beef with the 57 Rogue Dog Bloods. They are active and don't get along with any Blood Hoods, and are very tight with the 51 Gangster Crips. Um, their allies are all Crip Hoods except 6800, and their enemies are all Blood Hoods except the 57 Rogue Dog Bloods. East Side Five Block Crips, the least active out of all of the Five Block Crips, but have a lot of block parties in the area. Allies, all Crips. Uh, enemies, all Bloods. I mean, parties are fun. Uh, the <laughs> 58 Deuce Crips. Don't know much about them besides they don't like the 57 Rogue Dog Bloods and are trapped between two blood hoods. Allies are all Crips except 6,800 and enemies are all Bloods. They are BK. BK being Blood Killers. Okay. Oh, so close. Oh, wow. That was one I didn't even see because it was a different color. <laughs> My goodness. Okay. 59th street bloods their hood stretches from main street past swope parkway and into the 60s they beef with 58 deuce crips allies are all bloods enemies all crips and then east side 6800 bloods don't know much besides they beef with the west side 6800 crips more info coming soon And the West Side 6,800 Crips, only Crips head in the 60s. They don't like any Bloods, especially the East Side 6,800 Bloods. Allies, none except 20th Hilltop Gang. Enemies, every gang except Hilltop. Oh, okay. That's all of them.
0: (laughs) That was a lot.
1: (laughs) It was a lot. And I was thoroughly shocked. I might also put a little, um, like, timestamp in the description and be like, if you want to hear all the descriptions... If, or if you don't want to hear all the descriptions, jump to here. Because, um, oof, there's yeah. just so many. But it, I felt like it was necessary to really, do, like, drive home how many there are there and how prevalent it is. Um, yeah. So, really, what we come down to now is, like, hey, what does all of this have to do with Shantae, a five foot five hundred pounds African-American woman with uh, a single gold tooth? Like, how does this tie in? so yeah,
0: Okay.
1: Now we jump to the main story. So there's not a huge amount known about shantae like early life, teenage years, all of that. We really come in um, around 2006. So she's in her, tw- I think she's 24. So September 2nd, 2006, um, DeAndre Parker, who was 21 at the time, was shot and killed while in the parking lot of Red Bridge Road gas station. People who saw things, uh, like witnesses, described there being a woman there that had shot him. But no one was caught at that time. So we then jump forward to March 5th, 2007, and Jim Corwin, the Kansas City police chief, in response to a string of drive-by shootings that took place the first week of March 2007, is holding a press conference. In that press conference he says that Kansas City is the site of a gang war and that Shantae Henderson is smack in the middle of it. Oh. Yep. Um, like
0: does he call her out by name or
1: calls her out by name oh. and does some other stuff. Um okay. so the casualties from that week, like there there was stuff going on. There was a drive by shooting. Um, as I mentioned, and like a string of drive-by shootings and the casualties were a 22 year old man had died and 10 people had been wounded. Um, they were so heavily armed that, uh, the responding patrol officers like concluded their captain, Richard Lockhart concluded that they were completely outgunned. Like they had AR-15s with l- large drum magazines. Like they were capable of firing a hundred rounds without reloading police were completely outgunned. Oh. Like, it is is not, like, a little bit of gang activity. Like, it is intense gang activity.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So no easing into this one.
1: Nope. (laughs) I normally like... I like to stick to my timeline. I like to try and, like, work up to, like, things went to hell. I can't on this one. It just kind of goes to shit in a handbasket immediately. Gotcha. Alrighty. Yeah. Okay. So... Hi, Coda. Coda Bear. Hi, baby girl. You can hop up. Come lay down. Good girl. Um, so, an assault squad that was led by Sergeant Brian Jones uh, was dispatched to go and interview all the witnesses of the drive-by shootings. But it's not just normal interviewing of witnesses. It They're being interviewed as if they are suspects of the homicide. um, Because, in general anyone of those shooting victims, um, and specifically victims of gang violence, usually go become shooters in retaliation. Um, so uh. it's not the kind of thing where, like, they just stay. Like, rather than working with the police, they'll say, police stay out of it, we'll handle our own shit. So you end up with multiple homicides, and, like, you already know who you're next suspects are going to be may as well get as much information out of them as you can
0: yeah okay
1: yeah which is again wild and very foreign to me um so all of the victims described a masculine female on the scene um masculine being like the way she wore her hair carried herself her mannerisms and her attire it was unclear if this woman was a shooter or not but everyone agreed like hey She was there, and this woman was identified as Shantae Henderson. Also fit the Hmm. description from the 2006 uh, shooting that had occurred. So, the drive-by shooting was presumed to be a gang feud involving Shantae's enemies, which are listed as 33rd Street, 31st Street, 24th Street, and 12th Street. Um, I was able to find plenty of lists of which gang Shantae supposedly had as enemies. Not a single reference actually said um which gang she supposedly belonged to and what's more the original um jim Corwin, the man who gave the press conference when he was asked later he said i don't remember i just know she was hmm it's uh-huh. a little uh shady suspicious yep okay um so what they did with that press conference was they they named shantae And she was the only suspect named, but they also put out a flyer um, with mugshots of known fugitives. So this led to a lot of confusion in the community because (laughs) some people thought that the poster showed Shantae with other members of her gang. And people were freaking out, calling the police saying, my son's on that poster, like he's not part of a gang. Um, But what had actually happened was that other units that wanted to take (laughs) advantage of the press conference and the visibility and the momentum of the event... Um, to receive help from the public locating other fugitives, had just tagged on mugshots. Poorly Um, thought out, as far as I can tell. Um, Especially since Corwin, during his press conference, when he was presenting this flyer, said anonymity will not be their friend anymore. I believe she's right in the middle of all of this, pointing at Shantae. Great. Uh Uh-huh. So, um... Shantae still had not been found at this point. So in theory, like, she had been identified for the 2006 murder in September. It was now March. She's still being identified and pursued. Um, So while confusing with the whole flyer thing, like, the appeal to the public did work. They started getting, the police started getting flooded with sightings reports. Um, So many that the officers, like, were having to work 18-hour days and just to try and follow up on all of the leads that were being provided for Shantae's whereabouts. Um, What's more, pictures of Shantae started popping up on MySpace. Specifically, there were um, three MySpace pages. Well, two at first, and then we'll go into the third later. So two MySpace pages that popped up called Who Dat Girl and Girl on the News, specifically, like, going... I'm right here and seen to be as mocking of the police. So people thought that Shantae was mocking them by posting MySpace and posting like vague pictures of herself that couldn't actually give away her location. Um, and all of the pictures would like be of the general neighborhood. So like Shantae's neighborhood, which was 12th in the Paseo, um, pictures of a woman that met her description, like hanging out in the kitchen and exhaling smoke, And people that claimed to know her were commenting on the photos like Free Tay. Um, So very much so seen as inciting the issue. Um, People also started making claims on those MySpace MySpace pages about what Shantae was and was not. So some people said that Shantae was a rapper. um, And this was like supported by people having posted rap songs onto those MySpace pages with someone who kind of sounded like Shantae. Um, But, like, that was the only proof of it. Uh, Other people, like, went the entire nine yards and decided to draft a full motive for the alleged crime. So, supposedly, um, Shantae was the victim of a gang rape, and the now gang war was her method of getting revenge on the rapists. Um, but she would turn herself in once they were all dead. So basically she had a hit list, she was trying to finish it, and then she'd come in. Okay. Some tips said that Shante had left the state and gone to Iowa, so that was taken seriously and made this a federal case, and it's ultimately what got her put on the FBI's most wanted list because that was the only reason it became federal. Gotcha. Um, other people started saying things like she had shaved her head and was living as a man, so the police and the FBI released a photo of her that had been doctored to make her look bald. Um <laughs> some people claim she was a lesbian. The rumors just were going wild. Like very little of it founded on like anything.
0: Any actual uh, factual evidence.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. So March nineteenth, two thousand seven, uh, police and FBI spent six hours staking out an apartment complex with more than fifty law enforcement officers present. Um based off of a anonymous tip that Shantae was in the apartment complex and it actually came up fruitless. They finally had to admit that she was not there and they left. And then they were stuck again for another 22, not 22, 12 days. Um, so March 31st, 2007, uh, Shantae Henderson was officially added to the FBI's most wanted fugitives list. Um, other people on that list at that time included a Boston mobster named James Bulger, A.K.A. Whitey, interesting nickname, and Osama bin Laden.
0: Okay, I, I mean, just, I for scale,
1: yeah. Like, I just kind of feel like, like, should she actually be on this list? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thus far, um,
0: I assume they, this is going to uh, to change at some point.
1: We'll get there. Uh, and just as as a reminder, like it's quite a rigmarole to actually get a person added to the FBI's most wanted list. If you weren't right. able to listen to my first episode of this series, um, like you have to, you basically are pitting your recommended suspect against all units' recommended suspects, and it goes up through multiple tiers of FBI, um, bureaucracy to be approved. So, like, they had to do a lot of quick talking to get her on this list. They had to make their case known that, like, they believed she was a very dangerous person. Um, And I kind of wonder if they still would have gone forward with the nomination if they had known that they would catch Chante the same day. So, March 31st, 2007, FBI agents followed a tip to the Sycamore Hills apartment complex in the Northland neighborhood and knocked on the door. They received the response, I'll be right there. And shantae basically went look my run's up i'm gonna tie my shoes and like put them all on uh take the time to get my shoes on and she like called through the door like hey i don't want to be shot and then she exited the apartment and entered their custody under the charges of second degree murder for the september killing in 2006 and armed criminal actions for the drive-by shootings okay okay so, she was then held in custody for about a year, a um, little over, little under, little over, little under, little over, little over. I'm so, I'm terrible with dates. <laughs> under, uh, over, under, over. <laughs> November 18th, 2008. Um, so, November 18th, 2008, uh, Shantae was mm-hmm. led to a bench trial, um, which is a trial by judge rather than a trial by jury, where Shantae, te- Shantae testified that the shooting was of uh deandre parker in the gas station um parking lot was self-defense because deandre had been trying to run her over with his truck oh yep okay um there was a supposed witness to this so shantae was not alone there was a charles allen that was ultimately not called to testify because he was inside the store at the time um but He, at one point, had looked out and, like, seen the truck moving towards Shantae, but, like, his testimony would not have made it a difference in the case. Um, And, unfortunately for Shantae, there also was a witness in DeAndre's truck. So, Maya Bentley, DeAndre's partner, um, testified the opposite of Shantae and said... Of course. Like, I mean... Makes sense. She said that Shantae walked up and shot DeAndre in the head without being provoked. So, ultimately, Shantae was actually acquitted of second-degree murder and instead was convicted of voluntary manslaughter and armed criminal action. So, the judge actually believed that Shantae believed that DeAndre was trying to run her over, whether or not he actually was, like, he believed that Shantae believed that he was. Sure. Um but unfortunately there there was physical evidence to um support that Shante had other options other than <laughs> shooting him to get away and she didn't try to retreat which follows with i had i found a few accounts of her personality um in her interview that was like she didn't back down from anyone she would fight anybody i'm like okay you got some rage issues there sweetie um yeah So it kind of tracks that she would not try to get out of the way. Instead, she would go to the ultimate, like, solution. Unfortunately,
0: there's pretty clear defined rules of engagement that have to be met before you can discharge a firearm without real consequence.
1: I mean, I'd Um, say that's fortunately.
0: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately (laughs) for her, I should say.
1: Yeah, fortunately Um, for the rest of the world.
0: Yeah, but... Yeah, you pretty much have to exhaust all other options, warn them what you're going to do, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then you might be somewhat okay
1: in the court if you do. Yeah. I mean, unless you're a police officer, then you basically get away with it. Uh, Anywho, moving on. Uh, So... (laughs) Uh, it's not wrong, but it's, yeah. So, yep. January 23rd, 2009, uh, Shantae was officially sentenced to 10 years imprisonment for voluntary manslaughter, but the judge was, like, super nice and, like, forgiving that day. So, the sentence was suspended, and Shantae was placed on probation for five years. So, she didn't actually serve any jail time for the voluntary manslaughter conviction. Uh huh. But... She was also sentenced to three years imprisonment for the armed criminal action conviction. That she did serve in jail.
0: Okay, yeah. that's surprisingly light for. All I know. Of that. Like
1: I said, wow, he was very forgiving that day. Um, I, I'm not sure what was going down. Um, but 2010, Shantae was released from prison. Um, so she had served some time, and then she got out. She was going to continue serving her probation. But five months after her release, she was arrested and charged with illegally possessing a firearm. So that broke her probation, yep. and in fact, because she was a felon possessing a firearm, it became a federal issue. So Shante on in May 2012, pleaded guilty to being a felon possessing a firearm in federal court and was sentenced to I believe it was just over, it was 87 months, so just over seven years in prison. And likewise, the probation that she was granted in her 2010 sentencing related to the death of DeAndre Parker was revoked because the conviction violated the terms of her state probation. So not only is she currently serving the just over seven years in prison, she is also required to serve the 10 years consecutive after finishing her federal sentence. Oh,
0: so she'll just roll right into the next one.
1: Yep. So ultimately, she ended up getting about 20 years from what she had done prior, which... Okay. I I don't know if that is heavy or light. Uh, It seems mildly heavy, given what I've heard of for other people for different things. But... Right. I'm... So here... Here's the thing, is, like, I'm not convinced that there was not racial prejudice in this case. Um, A lot of what I read seemed as if, like, there was not a huge amount of evidence to say it was Shante. Like, it seemed pretty hearsay that she was involved in any of the gang activity.
0: Yeah, the fact that they couldn't definitively prove it was her is fairly suspect. Yeah, so...
1: And, and what's more, like, so we're going to go into the Shantae interview stuff now. And okay. it's kind of, it's, I'll, you'll understand. <laughs> um, so we'll get there. along with um, all of her sentencing, Shantae also did try and appeal saying that she did not re- that she received ineffective defense counsel because they had not called Charles Allen for the 2006. And just in general saying like, hey, I, d- I think we could have done better. The judge ultimately said no actually now that we've talked about it i don't think that would have changed how i judged this case your sentence would have been the same here this is your final Um, but in the interview with shantae um i i found her description of prison conditions so she said that within the prison it was 40 degrees outside and they still had the ac blowing on prisoners Um, shower water was always cold. She would try to clog air vents with toilet paper, but it was ineffective, and the guards said it could lead to a write up and written reprimands lead to revoked privileges. And Shantae was already being kept in a cell block where inmates are kept in solitary confinement. Uh they claimed for her protection, but like there were still people in hallways, there was like people still could have done stuff if they wanted to, and also how was she a high risk prisoner? I, yeah. it doesn't make sense to me um within the solitary confinement cell walk uh, she received minimal physical activity and greasy food and greasy meals so Oof. not healthy food no exercise uh, it said that she gained 15 plus pounds while she was within that cell block and like honestly i'm a little impressed you only gained 15 pounds you must right. have a hella metabolism like yeah because that sounds like hell or maybe you were just too busy shivering. Like, yeah, that also could be a thing. Yeah. So, Shantae also took the time to rebuff a bunch of the rumors. So, per Shantae, she never left the state. She did have a cousin that was in college in Iowa where they had claimed she went, which made it a federal case. Um, and she felt like they were putting him in danger by saying she might be there. Hmm. Which, okay. yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, she didn't shave her head, which when they caught her, they found her with a full head of hair. So, <laughs> yep, didn't didn't shave her head. Uh, she claimed she didn't start the MySpace pages. And when she made that claim, they also started bringing up the third MySpace page, which was Lady Bin Laden, which had been started oh. after the FBI Most Wanted. Uh, all right designation was added i'm like why would anyone add that for themselves like i just i'm sorry i believe you that you did not make that um, Yeah, she said she's not a rapper she's not a lesbian and i quote nah i just love men too much
0: <laughs> all right
1: good Girl for you lady what She likes yep <laughs> um they also um in her original arrest they had put it all on television. So like she <clears throat> was being led away and she turned the corner and there was like 20 cameras and she, like every photo up to that point was her looking like super mean. um, And so what she did was she smiled, but her hands were cupped and she kind of waved. And what it got taken as was she's laughing at this and making a joke. And oh. she says how she meant it was I didn't want to give the camera a mean look. I wanted to try and look innocent. I'm like, okay. Okay. Um, She says she had no idea that she was associated with gang activity, and now I'm just going to read a long quote. Um, I don't understand how they got me on, on gang file, she says, referring to the way in which police monitor known gang members. A person would know if they were in gang file. Anytime you're pulled over and your information comes up on the police computer, they'll start asking you stuff like, you still gang banging? I've never even talked to a gang unit. What's more, she said that she thought the police would shoot... So that was the end of the quote. What's more, she said she thought that the police would shoot her if given any opportunity. Given recent events, I fully understand why she would feel that way, but she did go into more detail okay so she felt that way because the police had already told her family that they would open fire they said that uh, they were the police were tailing her family they would show up at all hours to question her family and i quote the police told us that if they saw shantae and one hair on her head moved they'd shoot her wow said michelle henderson shantae's aunt okay What's more, they labeled Shante's family uncooperative because they said they didn't know where Shante was hiding, which they maintain they had no idea where she was hiding. They talked to them. They answered the questions. They did not know. It got so bad that Michelle Henderson, the aunt from Pryor, ended up moving away from Kansas City to get away from the police. Wow. And her other aunt, Betty Henderson, stayed um, but was mainly there because she was taking care of Doretta. Um, the one who raised Shantae, right? So, luckily, unluckily, through all of this, like Doretta, Miss Dottie, um, I wrote the fierce Miss Dotty of Charlie Parker Square, uh, <laughs> is now suffering from um, Alzheimer's, and her family has shielded her from the news about Shantae, and she doesn't really realize that Shantae is incarcerated or uh. what happened. Um, because as they put it, if she w- was at her full mental capacity she would have ended this which very much so gives me like the inclination that something's not right with yeah. this case so yeah. i i mean that that's like all that i could dig up on it and but it was shocking and i fascinating but mostly shocking like it it does not sit right with me that this woman was added the, to the fbi's most wanted list or like the entire situation seems very murky.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that is definitely a strange addition. I mm-hmm. mean, it, I don't want to say it seems like such petty crimes.
1: No, like but I like it seems like she's pretty clearly the person who shot DeAndre Parker. Yeah, but the gang activity information seems real yeah. shoddy.
0: It it doesn't all seem to mesh with what was recorded.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it was not wh- what I expected of an FBI's most wanted no. uh person
0: for a full case. Like I was, I was just I always just expect I I don't want to say so much
1: more, but so much kinda, worse. So much worse, yeah. Like it it seems like such a staple in our community that FBI's most wanted is like this really dangerous thing and it's supposed to go through all of these steps to make sure that it's really dangerous people being on there i'm like right this just kind
0: of seems like it's an
1: episode of cops kind of yeah <laughs> it, it again it still feels like the gang activity related stuff still feels a little bit unfounded um, yeah i I would need more evidence and i read the actual like case file like the literal case notes are linked below <laughs> so yeah. i i huh. it just it was weird
0: yeah yeah. yeah, I expected Different. so much, yeah, I expected it to be so much worse and so much more than just, like, really the the one thing and some suspect gang involvement.
1: Yeah, especially after the one we started off with last week. Right, like, that really <laughs> set the bar with Brenda. Oh, Brenda, you are not a nice lady. <laughs> yeah, like,
0: that set my bar for what I was expecting from these, and this just
1: huh yeah so it'll be interesting to see like what comes up in the next couple of weeks because i don't know this is kind of an interesting uh deep dive for me
0: yeah weird very weird
1: i learned a lot about gang activity in kansas city <laughs> i bet you did <laughs> oh, oh yep okay do you need some uh palate cleansers to stop the brain ticking
0: yeah i think so
1: okay Okay, you're giggling at something
0: i I am I've had this one sitting up since you started, okay, so do you know why ants never get sick? Why because they have little antibodies, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh, do you know what happened to the guy who sued over his missing luggage? No, he lost his case.
0: ah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know how you uh, get hit on the head with a book? I mean, I've been hit over the head with a book of my own fault. I mean, normally you only have the shelf to blame.
0: That was actually how it happened, too. (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of books, okay. Uh, Me, too. Uh, What did one blade of grass say to another about the lack of rain? Oh, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to make do.
0: (laughs) On the way to work this morning, I spotted an albino Dalmatian. To be fair, it was the least I could do for him.
1: What? Like Say that go. again. I didn't get it.
0: On the way to work this morning, I spotted an albino Dalmatian. To be fair, it was the least I could do for him. Like, they put spots on the Dalmatian.
1: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I did not get I was just like, he made a donation, maybe?
0: <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, what lies at the bottom of the ocean and twitches <laughs> a nervous wreck, <laughs> okay <laughs> Why shouldn't you visit an expensive wig shop? I don't know. It's too high a price to pay. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> oh, that is bad. <laughs> uh, do you know how much money a pirate pays for a piece of corn? No. A buccaneer. <laughs> <laughs> I asked my French friend if she likes to play video games. She said, Wee. Like a Wee? Yep. <laughs> you know, I was going to make myself a belt made out of watches, but then I realized it would be a waste of time. <laughs> uh, what do you call a thieving alligator? I don't know. A crocodile?
0: Oh, no. okay. I was like, it's got to be something to do with crocodile.
1: <laughs> okay, I like this one because it's kind of a pickup up laney one. We aren't allowed to flirt, Lauren. It's too late. It's already okay. happened. <laughs> <laughs> if you were a fruit, you'd be a fine apple.
0: Ah! <laughs> uh, I know you guys can't see, like, the wiggling eyebrows and head shakes, but...
1: All of the suggestive, most, <laughs> suggestive motions. Do you know what the watermelon said to the cantaloupe? No. You're one in a melon.
0: Uh. Oh, I almost made a joke. Who's the, the comedian that, like, smashes, like, the fruit?
1: I have no idea, but I need to oh. know now. Please remember.
0: Okay. I, I don't remember. But I was going to say it's, like, smashing to see you or something.
1: do you know what you call a pig that does karate a a pork chop pork chop (laughs) (laughs) what do you call an everyday potato i don't know a commentator (laughs) (laughs) (gasps) okay i like this one what do you call a lazy kangaroo a pouch potato
0: Uh, that's cute
1: right it's adorable
0: what does one tectonic plate say to another when they bump into each other i don't know sorry my fault
1: (laughs) (laughs) what do you call a classy fish oh i don't know sophisticated
0: oh that's that's not what i
1: expected i like it so much (laughs) Oh, what kind of shorts do clouds wear? No clue. Thunderwear Ah. (laughs) Oh. Uh. What sound does a sleeping T Rex make? A snore? I don't know. (laughs) A (laughs) dinosaur. You know, I'm only friends with twenty five letters of the alphabet. I don't know why.
0: I saw two cows staring at me from behind a bush. I think it was a stakeout.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You want to hear something terrible? Always. Paper. See? I told you it was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Shh. Oh, that was a good one. The past, the present, and the future walk into a bar. It was tense. (laughs)
0: Do you know why I got fired from the candle or the calendar factory? Why? Because I took a day off. Oh no!
1: <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, well, on that note, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening and check back next Sunday for another episode. If you need some extra spookums, check out our mini stories at waittopanic.com. And as always, if you have a story to share, send us an email at wait to panic at gmail.com. Make good choices, and remember, Wait, wait to, to panic. panic. Woo! Woo! That's good